Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another another little episode of our summer sermon song series supplemental sessions. Sessions where we are seeking nice. the sacred in the secular. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm Damon. And I'm Greg. And uh, this time around, we've got the song "He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother." By the Hollies. And if uh, I'm not mistaken, this one was suggested to us by Mary Fisk. I believe that is correct. Yes. So, Thank uh, you, Mary. Yeah. We should probably find a little way in however we're posting these to put in the put a little thank you in to the people that suggested these songs. We should do that. Because I know that we've mentioned a couple of them by name, but not all of them. And I sometimes do that when I'm preaching, and uh, I sometimes don't. And I did it once, and I didn't ask permission to do it. Uh-huh. And the person was not happy they that they were named that as they the, would have preferred to remain anonymous. They would have preferred that no one know that they enjoy that song. Yeah, <laughs> I, could, I can understand that. So we'll <laughs> check with Mary before we publish this podcast. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we can still do that. Thanks to the joy of the editing process. Uh, so this uh, song was recorded by the Hollies, an English group, in 1969, though it was written by Bobby Scott and Bob Russell. The song title, interestingly enough, may have originated from an 1884 book by James Wells. The book was titled The Parables of Jesus, and in it, Wells tells the story of a little girl who was carrying a very big and heavy baby. Seeing her struggle, someone asked her if she was tired, to which she replied, No, he's not heavy. He's my brother. And that phrase tumbled down through the years, perhaps, until it reached uh, 1924 when it appeared in a publication of Kiwani's magazine uh, when it showed up as, He ain't heavy. He's my brother. And most likely, that then became the title of this song by the Hollies. So... Let's see if we can't give it a listen. Sweet. 
So there you go. He Ain't Heavy. He's My Brother by the Hollies. How many pop songs do you know that use the word encumber? This is the only one I can come up with off the top of my head. (laughs) Um, I also, the the haunting harmonica or the mouth harp, is it called? (laughs) The harmonica riff Mm -hmm. is... uh, I wasn't sure I knew this song, but that uh, that harmonica riff reminded me that yes, it is somewhere in the conscience. Yeah, it's somewhere seeped in somehow, some way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I probably first came across this song from an episode of The Wonder Years. That could very well be the same place that I first heard it as well. <laughs> that's just going to be my guess <laughs> that that's where I first yeah. came across this song. Um, but this song drew to mind a couple of passages of scripture and then while we were listening to it this time it uh, brought to mind another more different passage of scripture um, which I'm not going to be able to quote or cite but I know what it is (laughs) right now but um, the first comes from Luke chapter 10 it's uh, the story of the good neighbor um, sometimes known as the story of the good Samaritan and I'll just go ahead and read that for us now Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, 
what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three, do you think, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. That's one of my favorite Jesus stories in the Bible. (laughs) It's a good one. I love it too, and and I sometimes it's easy to forget that it follows the question that leads to the greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But we can get out of a lot of stuff if we don't have to f- define neighbor too broadly, right? Right. Oh, you mean I need to love the Lord my God, and I need to love the guy who lives next door to me? Okay. Seems doable. And Jesus is like, wait a second. Let (laughs) me help you with that definition of neighbor. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you this little story Mm -hmm. about this guy who was beaten to a bloody pulp. Right. And uh, the religious authorities walked right by him. They might have said a prayer for him. They may have. But Mm -hmm. that prayer didn't help much, did it? It was the guy. It was the guy. It was the social outcast. It was the guy. Specifically, Jesus picked uh, someone who was... uh, the listeners would have known as to be an outsider. Right. That's the hero of the story. That's the one who showed what it meant to be a true neighbor. And that guy didn't care what the status of the person in the ditch was. He just knew he had to help him. Yeah. He's just moved with pity. Because he ain't heavy. He's He's my brother. He's my brother. (laughs) (laughs) And I like... I like the the physicality. The story describes he, he picks him up and puts him on his own animal. Right. Right? I... Like that, the physicality of that act um, ties in so well with this song and with um, the story that James Wells apparently wrote or told in 1884. Yeah, we um, need to try to track down that book. Yeah, I th- you can purchase um, copies of it on Amazon. I found they're like they're obviously not originals; they're okay. reproductions of it. But I love that I love that story too because, uh, like, having a child. Uh, mm-hmm. particularly at a certain age where they take everything literally. And so somebody comes up to this little girl and says, is he heavy? She's like, no, he's not heavy. No. He's my brother. He's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. His name is John. <laughs> yeah. It's not heavy. It's not heavy. <laughs> no. <laughs> what a silly question that you would ask. Right. But then the obviously the, the mm-hmm. beautiful, deeper meaning of that as mm-hmm. well. So yeah. the uh, the other passage that uh, that Damon picked for this is from Acts chapter 9. We need a tiny bit of background, right? Yeah. So this is after the conversion of uh, of Saul, who becomes Paul. Remember, uh, Saul was on his way to Damascus to uh, 
Rip to persecute Christians. And he has this incredible conversion experience. He's struck blind. Someone helps him into the city. And he realizes that that conversion experience was God telling him that he's not supposed to be persecuting Christians, but in fact, he's supposed to become a missionary for the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then he starts doing that and he does it well. Right. So then they head back to Jerusalem, but Paul is this well-known persecutor of Christians. And so the Christian community in Jerusalem is a bit skeptical of this guy. Not really sure that we should let this guy in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he's accompanied by a fellow named Barnabas, who they do trust. And so this is uh, this is where the story picks up. And he says, when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, Paul did. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him to the apostles, and described for them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who had spoken to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He spoke and argued with the Hellenists, but they were attempting to kill him. When the believers learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea, and they sent him off to Tarsus. Meanwhile, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was built up, living in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. Yeah. So this song to me and these scripture passages it seems really obvious. <laughs> and but also some I, I think that story of the Good Samaritan is a really old story. Right. You know, it's been around for a long time. Um and it's kind of based on wisdom that's even older than it is, right? right? Um and so and think about how many times we've had to try to remind ourselves of that story. (laughs) This is the fact that we still know that story so well as a church and as people of faith, I think tells us something about how needed the story is, even though it seems obvious. Right. 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 No. Yeah, of course. But we, of course, yeah, that's what you should do. You should help, you should pick up the person, right? That's, of course, it's obvious what you should do. But we still have to tell ourselves the story. Over and over and over again. (laughs) And then it needs to be retold to us in the form of a a folk song from the 60s. Right. right? Which which tells the same thing. And I I think uh, one one of the things that occurred to me is, the parallels between this and the good Samaritan. And so this is the same. If somebody asked Jesus the same question, well, who's my brother Mm -hmm. in the same way that he asks, well, who's my neighbor? Right. And that's, uh, that's an important thing that, uh, you know, our, our call is to see each person as a sibling of God, as, as a child of God. And since we're all children of God, we're siblings. And so my brother is every person I meet in the same way that my neighbor is not just the guy who lives next door to me, mm-hmm. but is every person I meet. Everybody. And so yeah. when Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself or love your brother, mm-hmm. take care of your brother, mm-hmm. uh, I don't get out of uh, that easily by saying, well, I my parents only had two kids and one's a sister, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm clear. <laughs> so, so I'm good, yeah. And I think it's, and the, and the challenge in it also is that... Um, we have 
we have neighbors that we like. We have brothers that we like. We have sisters that we like. We have um, acquaintances that we like. And we have neighbors, brothers, and sisters, and acquaintances that we don't like yep. as much, you know, or that we that we've gotten ourselves into some sort of conflict with whatever that means, whether it's a, a personality thing, whether it's a life perspective thing, whatever it is. Right? And the challenge is to to love all of them, right? <laughs> Right. And so like there's some of our neighbors. Yeah, we would we would go over like we would offer to mow their lawn when they're out of town or whatever the case might be. And we would not experience that as a burden. Right. Because because those people aren't heavy to us. Right. In our mind. Right. And there are other folks who are heavy to us for some reason. And so I think the challenge, I think, in particular is to how do you support and care for and love recognizing that that's going to mean something different in every situation but in particular the the people who are heavy to you right for some reason and i I think that's the challenge i think that's where this passage about barnabas speaking up on behalf of saul comes into play Like, like saul must have seemed incredibly heavy to those folks that he was going back to. Probably to Barnabas too. Right. Though Barnabas had witnessed his conversion firsthand, there's a lot of baggage. Right. Baggage is heavy. <laughs> yes. And and the amount of I don't know, faith or courage or or whatever the case, whatever it takes to to trust that. To to trust that okay, I'm I'm going to do this and and it's going to be okay. Right. Maybe, hopefully. You, you can imagine those disciples being like, I don't trust this guy. He's responsible for the deaths of hundreds of our brothers and sisters. Right. He's He's got some heavy baggage. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Barnabas is like, he's not heavy. He's our brother. Yeah. He's, he's my brother. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. I find it striking. And this, um, this line about, um, so on we go. His welfare is my concern. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm obligated to care about his welfare. All right. It's not like a, everybody's on their own sort of thing. It's not a, everybody's got to figure it out for themselves sort of a thing. It's like, no, like his welfare is on me. Right. It flies in the face of the, uh, the oft-repeated phrase, I am not my brother's keeper. That's the passage that I thought of. Yeah. Yep. When I when I came across that line, I thought of, um, am I my brother's keeper? And I always imagine, you. God doesn't answer that question. Right. But I always imagine God, God in God's mind. I, I just imagine God like rolling God's eyes. <laughs> I, yes. What do you... I, how yes, are you even asking me this question? Keeper. Yes, of course you're your brother's keeper. Right. How is this even a question that you can think to ask? Yeah. And the biblical story, it's actually, a, it's a biological brother. Is it? Yeah. It's Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah. Because Cain kills Abel. Right. And then God asks Cain. Where's Abel? Where's Abel? <laughs> He's like, am, am I, I my brother's keeper? Yeah. 
course yes. you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Of co- yes. It's just the two of you. Right. <laughs> of course you're your brother's keeper. Yeah. It's uh, like the, I just, I always kind of laugh at the, that's not that, the yes doesn't appear in the scriptural witness, but it's heavily implied. <laughs> <laughs> There's Damon again, reading between the lines on scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think this also this song also speaks to and addresses this this idea that we sometimes are tempted to fall into, or we um, are tempted to look at other people as users of resources, right? And not as not as brothers or sisters, not as you know fellow siblings of god right right you know so even if it's like a like an interpersonal thing like i my tendency is to oh this is a person that's gonna they're gonna take up all of my energy or they're gonna take up all of my time or they're um if i do this then that's then that means that i can't go and do this other thing that maybe that i want to do that i would find more personally enjoyable or or whatever the case might be and this also challenges that sort of like no, that like that person is not a drain on your resources. That person is your brother. Right. That person is your sister. But I like that. That's uh that's a good way to to think about it. Because I think we do get it caught in that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um and it's uh this is a reminder. It's interesting, I uh I mean this this song is almost a modern section of the sermon on the mount Mm, mm -hmm. you know you can just imagine jesus you could slip it right there between matthew 5 and matthew 6 yeah and it would fit right in Mm -hmm. um it 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 preaches it's uh it's a sermon in and of itself Mm -hmm. yeah and i like this this section of the song that is if i'm laden at all i'm laden with sadness and the sad that I'm laden with the sadness that everyone's heart isn't filled with the gladness of love for one another. Right. right? Like if I'm carrying any sort of burden, it's, it's not my brother. No, it's this, it's this understanding that not everyone sees one another as, as brothers and sisters. Right. Like that's the, that's the heaviness <laughs> that I'm, that I'm carrying. Um, and man, I mean, if that was the if that was the heaviness that we were all carrying, the world would look a lot different, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It seems to me, at least. I think so. But anything else for this one? Man, I think that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. There's there's a little like when you get to a scripture passage in the lectionary that you're supposed to preach that was a sermon, like <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. or some of the Psalms are actually written as sermons. Mm-hmm. And you're like, is there anything to preach on this apart from just reading it yeah what do you want me to the song (laughs) preaches a sermon in itself and uh sure we can we can juxtapose it to some scriptures that are very similar and and parallel but uh like i said i i i I could fit this right between matthew 5 and matthew 6 and it wouldn't be out of place in the sermon on the mount at all no it would tuck right in there so uh just like hopefully it will tuck right into our listeners hearts and on that note, <laughs> we want to thank you again for uh, listening to us. Yeah, thank you very much. And look forward to uh, to hearing from you about this. And uh, hopefully we'll make this a somewhat more regular occurrence. We shall see. 
Toodaloo.